You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 28 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. We're back. We had uh, a little bit of a gap between episode 27 and this one right here. Um, because, you know, a lot, not a lot has happened um, between that episode and obviously training camp started, rookie camp. Now there's there have been some preseason games for the Habs. We'll get into that, how they played, the lines, because now they made a bunch of cuts. So a lot of the Laval players are headed to Laval. And we're going to start seeing the real team out on the ice. They have a game tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. You know, why do we always play the Leaf the Leafs? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, because it's such a good rivalry, yet we're always playing them. You know what? I'm I'm kind of annoyed because it's so we, sucks. We just went a full season where we played them ten times. And now well, plus postseason. There you go. Right. So that's another seven. Yeah. And then you add on the fact that we're starting the preseason against them. Now, I, I get it. It's the convenience. It's the yeah. short distance to travel, you know, especially with cuts being made left, right, and center. But at the same time, I mean, I want to see something different. I, you know, I, I, It's annoying. I honestly rather us play right now, like in this moment. Like it would be pretty cool to play the Minnesota Wild or yeah, play the, random. But... You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's just the fact that honestly, I am now kind of transitioning to the start of this season i am super pumped i'm super pumped oh, can't and, wait you know the, i think that this team we, we mentioned this last time has a lot to prove but more than that i think that i think that this league has a lot to show this year i mean mm-hmm. you know you look at the season last year and it was fun it was a fun season to watch but now incorporate the fact that we develop these rivalries with these canadian teams and even a rivalry between us and vegas if you will you know kind of a little bit back and forth so add that into the fact that we're going to be playing a lot of games against a lot of other teams and a full 82 right no more 56 82 82 and now that we're talking about excitement i'll ask you right off the bat one habs player that you're excited to see once the season starts like a new a newly acquired or even one that you just we haven't seen since the Stanley Cup final, I guess, right? Right. Um, excited. I want to. I don't want to be too basic here, but I want to say Alexander Romanov. I really oh, do. Okay, cool. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because I think that Romanov, look, played a full basically 56 game season last year, with the exception of a game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he got his one shot in the playoffs, and I was actually at that game, which was so cool when he scored that goal, yeah. electric. But I think that. Given the opportunity, he will be able to maybe even exceed certain expectations that people had for him going into last season. So I think that he's a player that's going to continue to get better. And I think that he has a lot. I think he's an exciting player to watch as well, right? He loves to hit. He's he's physical. He's aggressive. So that's that's a player for me that I think that will get the bump up and might get an you know a, a bigger role this year. Especially with Weber out, right? He'll get a nice, uh, a nice defensive, defensive pairing at least with him, and we'll see who they put him with. Absolutely. Um, what about I'm you? excited to see Mike Hoffman. Uh, you know what? You know the reason that I didn't say Hoffman was because I'm looking at the lines right now, and he's yeah. not there right now. Exactly, right? Yeah. And it, it sucks because of all the players to be hurt. He's the one that I wanted to watch the most on opening night. 
It's too yeah. bad. I want to see that power play because, look, we'll get into it right now. The preseason, their power play was kind of horrific. And except for the Drouin Dvorak uh, little setup. And and a little bit of Anderson too, right? Got yeah. in there a little bit. I'm not going to be too critical because, again, it's the preseason and mm-hmm. it's not their real lines. They haven't practiced much, much. But um, if we look at the Group A team, which was Suzuki, Caulfield, Toffoli, their power play was a bit rough. Um, zone entries, again. Always been a problem same. for us. <laughs> it looks the same as last year. Did Burroughs not decide, you know, we'll change it up a bit because it didn't work very well. But it looks the same, unless it's because they haven't had time to really change it. But that that's the one takeaway I took from the preseason, even though it's not done. There's that, and I think there's a topic we should discuss if you want to right now, which is Ryan Palin. He's been a hot topic in Montreal because of how underwhelming he's been. I think he lost his job. It's that simple. I think there was a, there was a spot for him and he lost it. So, just to chime in here, I mean, look, I think he's a player that we talked about. You know, in in and by the way, if you guys haven't checked it out, go check out that Eric Engels. Uh, Eric Engels joined us on the show. Uh, I'd say about maybe a little over a month ago. Yeah, uh, maybe almost two months ago. Yeah, almost, yeah. Great, great experience. Cool, great talk with him. But we talked about Paling, and he definitely mentioned that Paling was a player that shouldn't go unnoticed when he's on the ice. He shouldn't be a guy that should be left, let, let, pushed to the side, if I'll put it that way, when looking at the up and coming players on this team. But the thing is, is that I think that Ryan Paling also like every other player in Montreal that has one good game develops an enormous amount of hype. And then if they don't live up to that, to that title, their value decreases. But I understand where you're coming from. And I think that he's been in, in existent and do you, I, I haven't watched too much. I, I'll mm-hmm. be completely honest here, but where has he been playing in terms of lines? Well, look, some people were complaining that he's playing with Lekkonen, Um, but who did Kotkaniemi play with? Right. Um, Anyways, we're not going to talk about Kotkin. That goes anymore. back to a whole other conversation, yeah. right? But r- the thing is, look, he doesn't have to be putting up a goal and an assist every game. It's just there was no there was no effort. He was losing battles, easy battles. He's a big boy, Ryan Palin, and it's to the point where what's what's your identity as a player? Are you going to go out there and create offense, or are you going to go out there and stop some lines from creating offense on you? It's about he knowing doing either, role, right? Right. He wasn't doing either. So, what does he bring to this team if there's no offense upside, and on defense he's just there? Mm-hmm. So that was the thing where he didn't. We'll call him a veteran here because if we compare him to all the other prospects, he's a veteran. So he should come into training camp almost like. The big like guy, dog, right? ready to take over, rather than look at Harvey Pinard out there. Guy's working, working his butt off, and you notice him right away. Even look, he's not a rookie, but Alex Berzil. Honestly, I'd call him up over Palin. And and just to add on to your point mm-hmm. here, you look at last year too, and Alex Berzil got in. If I'm not mistaken, he got in a game. Um, near the end of the season, right? I think a, a bunch of players were getting called up for for certain reasons. He played in the bubble, right? So that so that was two years ago, right? But mm-hmm. but I'm talking more specifically last year. I know that he got in a game, and 
he looked he looked honestly great. He actually had a primary assist on I don't know who scored, but a, a defenseman scored from the point. But it was just he won his battles, and I know that's not what necessarily hockey is all about, right? There's you you have to know your role out there. Yeah. But the thing is that I think that guys like Harvey Bernard, Harvey Pinard, excuse me, and Alex Belziel know their role. And Ryan Paling, I think, is a little bit confused as to what his role is. Now, that could be a problem on the management, or it could be a self a self-inflicted problem, right? He doesn't know what kind of player he truly is. But regardless, it's not getting resolved anytime soon. And like you said, he's slowly losing his spot on this team and losing the chance to make this team. Yeah, he's just not putting in the effort. When you go out on the ice, you have to put in the effort that this could be my last chance at making this team, right? Look at the difference. Look, I'll talk salary here, but look at the difference in salary if he goes down to Laval. What is it? Like, he'll make 900K in the NHL and then 200, 300K in the AHL, maybe even less, 100, maybe 100 even. There's a huge difference. And that's just for him personally. But if we're talking about his career in general, he was given an opportunity, in my opinion, to fight for a third C spot and really challenge Evans. Then as the preseason went on, it's like, okay, maybe he's going to challenge the 4C with Paquette. Paquette got injured, so we're like, there we go, Ryan. Prove us that you're proof to us that you're the 4C. And he hasn't. Mm-hmm. So if I'm management, I send them back to Laval and say, you got to work, work on something down there because right now you do not earn a spot on this team. There's no effort. And the problem is also, and we'll get into the Jake Evans contract in just a sec, but you mentioned Jake Evans and mm-hmm. what he's brought to the table on this team. But Ryan Paling should really take a page out of Jake Evans' book here and tell himself, Ryan Paling was drafted in the late first round, but Jake Evans was drafted in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. And I know we can we can have this talk all we want. And I mean, we could talk about how it's a great story, which it is. But he's a seventh round pick who earned his way up the roster and is now making one point or uh, $1.7 million a year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's the number. Kicking in next year. And don't get me wrong. I mean, when you're looking at at different players in the NHL and you're looking at the the money that they're getting, it's not necessarily up there, right? In terms of intent... excuse me, in terms of monetary value. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't. that's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is that Jake Evans has went from kind of zero to 100 very quickly in his career. And Ryan Paling has the skill set to be able to get there. We just don't know if he has the mindset. Yeah, exactly. And and I think in training camp, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter where you were drafted. I don't think anyone cares. No, right? You're, everyone you want to make the team, you have to make the team of right now, not of the past. And... Look, we'll get into the Jake Evans thing or his contract in a few seconds. But I'll just go over some news that happened this morning. Or even yesterday. Was it two days ago at the Habs? I think it was two days ago. Yeah, Saturday. The Habs claimed the Samuel Montombo from that was uh, on, Florida. That was on Saturday, yes. Yeah, so that's that pretty much means that Price isn't ready to go for the start of the season. So Montombo will back up Allen. Because, um, look, Primo hasn't been anything spectacular. He didn't play a terrible game a couple of nights ago. Oh, yeah, against Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't play terrible. I just think, again, I've, I've been saying this for a while now. He needs to go on Laval and play a full season with playoffs. I'm with you on be that. be the number one guy. And I think we should all... Sorry, before I, I know you want to say something. It's just before mm-hmm. you go. I think that we should all just remind ourselves that goalies take a much longer time to develop. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, McNiven, pleasant surprise. Played very well in training camp, except for that little giveaway he did. Wasn't that um, Poulain? Well, they both did one. Oh. Poulain was the next game. 
Okay. Houlet, I think ECHL even that nothing really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're bringing Motombo. He'll be, I, I like him. I remember playing against him at the Bell Center or the house playing against him at the Bell Center and he looked solid. He's a pretty good goalie. I well, mean, every Quebec def- born goalie plays amazing at the Bell Center for some reason. Joey, oh, no, never mind. Joey Decord is not. Is he, at, is he I don't know. Anyway. I have no idea. That's more like Flurry and the big names. There you go. Um, so yeah, so they they brought him in from uh, through waivers. The next day, Kale Flurry and Kale Clegg were on waivers. Yeah, from Seattle and from the Kings, respectively, and no one claimed them. See, that's where my lack of understanding of waivers and money go like come into play because. To me, if I were an organization, and again, not knowing the rules and not knowing how stuff works, mm-hmm. I would say, grab Kale Flurry and take a shot on him. I mean, he'd have to stay in the, the, the NHL because, look, like the Habs, they got Montembeau. But once Price is back, he'll go through waivers again to get mm-hmm. back to the AHL. So someone might take him back. Flurry, if the Habs would have claimed him, he would have had to be on the Habs or else go through waivers to go to Laval. Yeah, but same thing for Kel Clegg. But let's be real. I mean, I, I can't really speak on Clegg's um like I can't really speak for Clegg, but I can yeah. speak for Flurry. And I've seen I think we can both agree that we've seen certain flashes from this type of player. And I'm not saying that he needs to be playing on the top pairing with Jeff Petrie, but he also doesn't need to be sitting out every game. And I think that he could challenge, you know, that Kulak slash Ghoulie mm-hmm. spot right now, right? I mean, why not? Yeah. I didn't understand uh well, even for other teams, give it Detroit. Take a shot on him. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely questionable. Yeah. Uh, this morning, the Hab signed, and I apologize for the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Arbor Zekaj. I apologize if it's wrong. It's the first time I've ever seen him in a Habs uniform. Sounds like you did a pretty good job. <laughs> he went undrafted in the OHL. So great story. Now he sends his three-year deal with the Habs. But he will be loaned back to the OHL. So he'll burn off his first year of the ELC, which I don't think is a big deal anyways. Mm-mm. And other lines. So this morning, we saw Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield. So they were part of Group A. But now Group B, Group A and Group B are together because they made a bunch of cuts. So Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield. Drew Dvorak, Anderson. So there's our top six going into the season. 100%. And I have a question for you. Go How ahead. are you feeling about that? Doesn't bother me at all. The I'm, way they I'm, played, especially Dvorak's line, looks amazing. I'm in agreement. I'm definitely in agreement. Dvorak makes me laugh. Uh, the guy has zero emotion. He's a typical Mark Bergevin player. Zero emotion. The guy got the guy scored against Ottawa when they were in Ottawa. He got slashed in the hand or something, or a puck to the hand before he scored. Didn't even want to celebrate with his team. He scored and just skated to the corner alone. <laughs> Didn't hug anyone. And just went to the bench and looked at his hand because it was hurting. Anyways, the third line, Armia Evans-Gallagher. That would be Hoffman's line once he comes back. Right. Like he'll replace Armia. And then Lekanen Pejo Belzil. So again, no Ryan Palin. But apparently he's playing tomorrow. That's what so I heard. We'll see where, we'll see where that goes. The fifth Look, line was Harvey Pinard, Palin, and Eilinen. I'm a huge Harvey Pinard guy. He's a Gallagher. He's a little Gallagher. 
Gallagher 2.0. 2.0. Literally. And he's from Quebec, so I'm sure a lot of people would like that. Yeah, and I'm anyway. sure he'll, he'll get his fair shot. <laughs> <laughs> and defensive pairings, we got Romanov Petrie, which is that's interesting. Romanov. Yeah. Sherat Weidman. Weidman, again, every year there's a defenseman on the Habs that just shows up for a year <laughs> and then leaves. It's Chris Weidman. He's better. He's way better than Gustafson. Yeah, but you know, I heard that Gustafson was getting like an eight times eight contract. Like after, I'm not. I'm not even joking. You know, they're, the Habs are giving out letters on their jerseys like it's nothing. So might as well they should have <laughs> gave him one. Anyway, uh, that's anyways. that guy was such. A, that guy was so like funny to watch because it was almost <laughs> as if like you know we were very quick to judge, and then and then then we like started to actually watch him play, and it was like. No, all these judgments are actually like fair. Like, even his first game, they're like, this guy, you know, he's a power play quarterback. Mm-hmm. On the power play, he was horrible. I remember it was a night in Calgary and I was watching him like, but why is this guy here? And there was a couple of times where he just fully missed the puck. Like where he just skated over. Yeah, he skated over it, tripped over the blue line. And I was like, and I was like in <laughs> shock. I was like, are you kidding? And the worst part is in like three years, we're going to look back on the Stanley Cup finals run. We're gonna look at the roster, and we're gonna tell ourselves that this guy played over Alexander Romanov. And everyone, yeah, you know, like it's not like okay, Eric Stahl played, but he's a Stanley Cup champion, right? He has he has some credibility to his name. You know what right? I mean? But now you got Gustafson well, over. I, I just remember Romanov. sitting around. I don't know if you remember, but when they were kind of announcing the lines for Game One of the of the Leaf series, <laughs> and and they say. Eric Gustafson and I and I was like, really? What's going on? Like, yeah. Anyways, Gustafson Chris, rant. Gustafson yeah. slander. Chris Weidman might be the two of Gustafson. Then they got Gouli Savard. Interesting for sure. And Kulak Fairbrother. Okay. Not a crazy defensive core. So what's the deal with Norlin Nor Norlander Norlander? They cut him. Did they really? I, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh no! You know he got hurt. That's what it is. Oh, okay. he got hurt. He got hurt, and uh, yeah, he's injured. But again, even if he wasn't injured, I don't think he makes the team. He didn't Do you think Cooley really has a legitimate shot of making the team this year? Look, I think, I think he can. Do you think it's Do a I, decision? No, not okay. at all. No, and 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 again, I think we should talk about this a little bit because. I'm not going to put him in the same category as a Kotkaniemi here, and I don't. I really do not want to talk about no, that. No, me neither. But I do want to make it clear that I think that this organization has really went through its ups and downs in terms of developing players, and we've seen it firsthand, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to drafting and then and then you know misdeveloping them. And I and I'm not saying that Gouli's a franchise defenseman. I don't really know what his potential is. He looks reg- really good. Yeah, he does look good. But regardless of what his potential is, he's still a first round pick. And giving him minutes in the NHL at this point in his young career is risky because if he loses confidence and he doesn't get as many minutes as he'd like or he doesn't play up to his certain skill set, he will be very quickly bashed by this Montreal media and where his career will probably go to die. So <laughs> I think I think it's more than necessary. Don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's, he plays in the OHL. WHL for the Raiders. Okay, the WHL. So I think that, you know, a couple more seasons in the WHL would do him very good. Yeah. First of all, he's going to be captain if he goes back. 
He'll be their captain. He'll be their number one guy. He'll log 21 minutes a night. You know what I mean? He'll be their number one defenseman. And then he can go to the World Juniors. And apparently he could be their captain also. Log big minutes. Be an important player, a cornerstone. So why keep him here? And that's what I have a hard time understanding with our organization. And again, I know I've said this a couple of times. I don't want to go down this path. But the, the problem that I have, and I want to make it clear, is that we have a great prospect pool. Mm-hmm. Probably a top five, top 10 prospect pool in this league, right? I think yeah, we can both easy. agree on that. But the problem that I have is that if you're not going to develop these prospects properly, then who cares mm-hmm. what number, what what grade you get on your prospect pool? Because if these players don't end up becoming the players that they were expected to be, then it do- it really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, yeah. And and honestly, we are continuing to lose players, like drop players, like it's nothing because we don't know how to take an approach on a first round pick. And I think that now seeing what happened with Kotkaniemi and his short-lived career in, in Montreal, you have to take a step back, look at the wider the wider view, and tell yourself, we have a bunch of players that could become cornerstones of this team in the future. Let's take our time and make sure that we do it properly. Because right now, they do have a team in place that could compete. Now, I understand that the mentality is, let's put these young players in and, and get them a part of this success. But the thing is, is that they will not benefit from being a third or fourth line guy or a third pairing on a on a decent team they'll benefit from being a first pairing or first line player on an ohl or whl team right yeah exactly the issue and look i've done it before also is that the habs they get a new shiny toy and a prospect whether it's isperi kotkaniemi whether it's ryan palin whether it's cole caulfield and now kaden gooley and norlander we'll put them together when they showed up at camp, everyone's like, oh my god, Norlander, I want to see Norlander, I want to see Gooley. People have to relax a bit and wait a few years for them to show up instead of rushing them in the NHL. I want to see them in the NHL. It doesn't work like that because then in four years, those same people are going to be complaining that this guy hasn't developed properly because Absolutely. they want to see him early, right? You're 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 100% right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that if you look at other teams around the NHL, I think a lot of fans ask themselves... Oh, and I'm just going to use a few names as an example, but oh, when is Lucas Raymond going to get a shot? Oh, when's uh, Marco Rossi going to get to play for the Wild? And don't get me wrong, I think those players are going to be exceptional in this league, but give it some time. They were drafted, if I'm not mistaken, not this past draft, but the year the year mm-hmm. before that. So, I mean, what's the rush? And And I understand that some of these franchises are struggling. You look at the Red Wings, and they're definitely not in win-now mode, right? No. And what's the point of getting Lucas Raymond... He might get a few games and deservingly, but he shouldn't be playing a whole 82 game season and being overworked or underplayed for that matter and wasting his untapped potential um, early on in his career. There's no point. Like, if we look at the Habs and we look at, look, Kotkaniemi earned his, his spot. He earned the spot on the team. And again, third overall pick. They needed a center. They threw him out there. Look at Cole Caulfield now. Bergevin waited, waited a full year. Caulfield was ready to come to the NHL last year. They said, no, no, stay in Wisconsin. I remember that whole story because everyone wanted to see him. No, no, stay at Wisconsin. And he lit it up. Absolutely lit it up. They, he, they brought him here. Again, they teased the whole fan base by making him wait a bunch of games before right. throwing him in there because of salary cap complications and the playoffs they waited. Anyways, 
Gord Miller always says, and he said this last year, the year before, every year people asked him about Kotkin Yanmi and how he was rushed. And he, his answer every time was a player should be able to dominate in the minors or in the league that's under the NHL before coming to the NHL. Mm-hmm. So she a high-level prospect. So if we look at a few of the Habs, Cole Caulfield absolutely dominated the NCAA. Now he's in the NHL, and he's doing well. Well, we hope. Nick Suzuki dominated the OHL. For Guelph, that was For Guelph, brought them to the finals or whatever they did. Yeah. Whatever. He dominated, and now look who he is. Kotkaniemi, obviously we know the story. He never dominated in Finland because he wasn't sent back to Finland. Any case, Guli, I think if they send him back to WHL, he'll log big minutes. He'll play well. Same for Norlander in the SHL in Sweden. And they'll both benefit. Yeah, they'll both benefit, and they'll be big players for their teams rather than guys who are sheltered in a big market in the National Hockey League. And I think that that was, unfortunately, you know, I think that the worst thing to happen, and this is, I guess, my hot take, I think the worst thing to happen for Ryan Paling was to actually have that four-goal game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I say it's a hot take, I, I like, I... I because I I definitely have to explain myself a little bit. But the reason that I'm saying that is because the second he played like that and looked out outstanding, yeah, he automatically became in the Montreal media and 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 Montreal fans automatically assumed that this was going to be not a recurring thing every night, but that he was going to bring that goal scoring and that type of presence on the ice every single shift. Yeah. And then when he doesn't play up to that expectation, everyone kind of looks around and tells themselves what's going on. Like he, he's not, he's not scoring four goals a game. He's not, he's not dominating on the ice. And, and mm. that's the problem. I just, I watch him and there's nothing. There's not even flashes of something. You know what I mean? Sometimes with some players where again, I hate bringing it back up. But God can yeah, I mean, it's rookie year. Everyone was being patient, but you saw flashes of some 100% things. Good shot, nice deke, great pass. Ryan, Ryan Palin, there's nothing that really. <laughs> yeah, now we're like buddies now. I call him Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. really exciting unless, like, I, obviously, I think he could have, he could do it because he was drafted high. He's a good hockey player. He played well in NCAA. But let's see it at the NHL, especially in a preseason game. Where you're playing the Leafs, but it's you're not playing Matthews, right? Marner and Nylander, Tavares, they were there, but all separate. By the way, Nylander looked scary in that first game. He absolutely walked Fairbrother, like he walked him, like it was a like you saw there was a complete difference in the level of a hockey player. But he just looked good. He looked and, really good. And now shifting gears a little bit. I think that the problem with that organization, there's a lot of problems with that organization, but I think one of the biggest problems is that a player like Nylander is very much shadowed. Yeah, he would be a, he's an elite talent. He's amazing. I think he's a great, he's a very skilled hockey player. And the one thing that I noticed in that Habs Leafs series, first of all, I think that he was the best player in that series for the Leafs. But not only that, every time that he was on the ice, it wasn't only about scoring goals and picking up points. It was about the fact that every time that he had the puck, it was like, Oh God! Like, let's 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 buckle in here because he he's he could skate circles around you. Yeah, and I think that he also deserves a chance in a different market. Um, 
people might people might tell you, oh well, he's only good because you know he gets the second line matchups and whatnot. But to me, so. he's proved to to play against some of the bigger dogs and and not only keep up but but definitely play to their level. He's easily my favorite player to watch in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, easily not not even close. And I don't really have anything against him. He's Willie Styles. I mean, do you see <laughs> that hair? <laughs> Look at these nicknames for the Leafs. We got Willie Styles. We got Magic Mitch. AM34. Pajama yeah. Boy. You got Not all of them. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, DM us on Instagram. Who's the first to be traded? William Neander or Mitch Marner? Get it. Get, get the pod going. Yeah. Let's, let's, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Um, but yeah, I think so. Just kind of to bring it back to where, yeah. where we were before. It's been a little messy, you know. First time back. Yeah. What yeah. do you expect from us? We're, it's we're working on it. There you go. It's still preseason for us too. Um, exactly. But, <laughs> but um, you know what? Look, I, I actually have a question. Yeah, go Looking ahead. at the lineup that, that Montreal is going into the season with, and you know what? I'll, I'll include the name Hoffman because I do think that, you know, give or take a week into the season, he'll be back. Hopefully. I think like end of October, he should be good to go. Right. So give or take a week, yeah. week and a half, two weeks, or maybe a little more. My question is to you, including Hoffman, including Carey Price, obviously – excluding Weber. You know, I'll exclude Byron for now. Okay. What do you think of this lineup in comparison to last year's lineup going into the season? Mark Bergevin made a huge splash last yeah. season, uh, last offseason. So. I think, look, I don't think this offseason was better than the last offseason. Mm-hmm. Do I think the team is better? Yes. Like, I'm looking at their wingers. I mean, this is a good set of wingers. Like, there's good depth. On this team, think of when Byron comes back. There's a logjam. When's the last time the Canadians have had wingers that can score that were spread out? Look, we got Caulfield, we got Toffoli. Drouin and Drouin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Anderson can score 20. Right? They're all spread out. They're everywhere. And, and Gallagher. Gallagher's, Gallagher's the best 5-on-5 five five scorer in the league. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Absolutely. And, and I guess the one hit that was... Taken was mainly the decor, right? You lose a guy like Weber. Um, they didn't really add any significant pieces, and you know what? We can call you can call Savard a significant piece all you want. I think that if you're you have to look at it in 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 respect to the fact that you're basically replacing Shea Weber with David Savard. Now, yeah. I think five on five, it's a very similar style. And again, in the later part of Shea Weber's career, I wouldn't call him a power play specialist, but he did. He definitely did wreak havoc sometimes. And weapon. I don't right. And I don't think that Savard will bring that same presence. But you know, Weidman, we'll have to see. I don't know much about him, but we'll have to see. But otherwise, you know, Ben Chirot, Romanov, Edmondson, Petrie, same guys, same core. So we'll see. Yeah. Right now they need a a good defenseman, like a good puck moving defenseman. In the future, I think they'll be fine. They'll have yeah. uh, on the Nolander, Struble, Harris. Ghoulie, like they'll be set unless Harris leaves, obviously. Mm-hmm. And but, um, uh, yeah, and I think we should definitely post a poll. We'll we'll ask we'll ask what people think. This 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 excuse me this team's lineup going into 2021-2022 or the 2020-2021. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. And obviously, it's easy to say. Well, last year's they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know. On paper, no one is as confident. We were all excited. Like I remember, it felt like yesterday watching the the scrimmages and brawl start on TV. Like I was excited to see this team because of the guys they brought in. 
Yeah. Like, there was a lot of guys they brought in. And we have to remember, by the way, Edmondson isn't on the ice. Right. Can't he, that. And and I saw a tweet actually saying that it's taking quite a while for a minor yeah. injury. Yeah. Like it's not getting worse, but it's not getting better. Right. And that's a little bit concerning, but we'll see where that takes us. Right. There's still, I mean, I say a few weeks, but we're approaching about 10 days or less that to yeah. the start of the season. So got to buckle in for sure. And huge news, by the way, which we forgot to mention home opener against the New York Rangers. And may I remember, may I remind you, Alexis Lafreniere, who will be making his debut at the Bell Center. True. Will be a sold out crowd for the first time since I have no idea when. I will actually be there. I'm looking forward to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, exciting. Yeah. I'm, I. That's gonna be that's gonna be crazy. That, it's gonna be a playoff that building, atmosphere. That building's gonna go nuts. Nuts. I mean, the, in warmups, I mean, during the playoffs, they were going nuts. I can only yeah, yeah. I can only imagine what what the oh, accueillon no Canadien. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be insane. That's gonna be crazy. I'm I'm definitely excited. But even just to watch on TV, I mean, going forward, it's it's to me that's the one thing that mm-hmm. sports has missed over the course of the past year and a half, oh, two definitely. years. It's the fans. And you know what? I think that the players have, have have noticed it. When you watch last year's season and you tell yourself, I mean, a regular Montreal-Calgary game in Montreal on a, a 7 o'clock on a Thursday night, without fans, it's a little bit dull. <laughs> it's a little bit dull. Yeah. Um, like, I remember whenever there were fans a few years back, a few years ago, you know those those fans that, like, turn to the camera? Like, you know, when they're filming in the offensive zone or the neutral zone, and there's that one oh, fan who turns around from a seat and, and waves the, to the camera. He waves up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So every time that would happen, I'd look at that guy and go, okay, this guy's a... Why does he have to do that? Like, no one cares. No yeah. one's in a... There may be one person that recognizes you. Anyways, and if you're one of these people, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make fun of you, but I just... <laughs> I'm trying to watch the game, and I see some guy in a jersey start waving. <laughs> and usually they're wearing the wrong jersey. Anyways, so I saw one of those people in the preseason game against the senators in ottawa he did it and i looked and i laughed and i'm like that's something that we yeah took for granted we took people. so much for granted <laughs> like we, there's actually a dude but there were just so many games that you know it, it might have been like an, in an 82 game season it, you know it might have been a game against the wild and my friend my friend asked me to go to the game and I didn't say no because I didn't want to go to the game. I said no. I had I had a little bit of work okay. um, to do. It, w- it was a busy day at school. Whatever the case may be, it was a long day, and it, it just I I couldn't get myself to get too excited about it. And it would have made more sense to give the tickets to someone else or or go with someone else. Mm-hmm. Now looking back on that, I mean, yeah, you crazy, you yeah? give anyone the opportunity to go to a game right now going forward into the season, it's gonna be it's gonna be like I'll, I'll line up. I'll be the first one in line. Literally, you know what I mean, literally. Like, People are going to be tailgating, having fun, the music mm-hmm. outside. I'm so excited for this yeah. season because I think we're back to, and I say real hockey. I don't mean it in the sense that last year the hockey quality was bad. I just mean the whole experience, the full experience. And uh, just to bring it back on him, I'm excited for Lafreniere because he was supposed to be drafted in Montreal. The draft was supposed to be held in Montreal. That was his draft year. And I think their home opener would have been against the Rangers also his rookie season. So I'm excited to see him at the Bell Center. And, you know, because he's a player we didn't get to watch much because of the whole division spread. That's it, right? And he's from here. And look, from what he did in the QMJHL, this guy looks amazing. And I honestly, I want to see him succeed. I'm excited to watch that game against the Rangers. Redman. So we'll see how it goes. 
Exactly. And that's also one thing that I want to note before we take off here. Yeah. It was the fact that, look, like, I mean, if we kept the same, excuse me, if we keep the, kept the same uh, division as last year, yeah. right? Format. I mean, Flurry would never be able to go back to Pittsburgh again. You'd have a guy like Lafreniere who would never be able to play in Montreal for the first time. And, and I mean, the list kind of goes on and on, and I don't really have anything off the top of my head in terms of, you know, instances like that. But I mean, if you're keeping those same divisions, then there would be no case scenario where the, where yeah. that would be where that would be the case. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the fans to be back. I'm excited for the start of hockey. I'm excited for preseason for for whatever reason. I'm just <laughs> excited for the whole experience. And I mean, we're 10 days out. So the runner ups are back. Let's, let's keep that same energy. And before we end it off. Um, you spoke about Flurry quickly. For those who want to check out now the 32 uh, Thoughts podcast, they interviewed some players, including Tyler Toffoli and Nick Suzuki, which was very good interviews, especially Toffoli. You know, he's very expressive. Nick Suzuki's really monotone, whatever. Toffoli talked about how he came to Montreal and how he, as a free agent, you know, we don't get many of those free agents who come nope. out of nowhere, especially from LA. Anyways, go check out that and the Flurry one. The Flurry interview is one of the saddest interviews I've ever listened to. Because, really? look, he's one of he's my favorite goalie. Marc-Andre Fleury, love the guy. It's sad the way that he was treated in Vegas and the fact that he had to leave. Anyways, go check it out because I would have loved to see him finish his career in Pittsburgh. Anyways, go check that out. And, uh, yeah, we thank you so much for joining us. And we'll London be more consistent call. going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, it's gonna be it's about be weekly. a weekly thing. Weekly, exactly. And, again, we say it every time. Never really happens, but we're going to continue to say it. Make sure to, you know, not not necessarily send us anything on Instagram, but, you know, interact with us. If you have any, I mean, any questions, there's nothing. And we're going to do the effort also. Yeah, we're going to make the, the effort's going to go the other way as well. So yeah. I think I think this season, I mean, look, last season was a ton of fun. I think we made a huge step in the right direction for this for this little community we built. And I mean, I by the end of this season, I don't, I only see it getting a lot stronger. Yeah. So we're excited to, to produce some content for you guys and I guess, quote unquote, work with you guys. So let's, let's keep it going. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, guys.